Hello, folks. Uh, this is Zach Watson, and I'm recording my first podcast here. I've been wanting to do this for probably years, um, but my friend Frank finally pushed me and said that I needed to after he was editing one of the um, videos from me being on someone else's podcast and just pointing out that uh, a lot of the short-form content that I put out there has its value, and he thinks that you know people would get to know me better and um, would find a lot of value in hearing more long-form content um, where he, people can sort of get to know me a bit better. So I wanted to kick it off. I have three topics here I wanted to discuss um, that have been going on sort of in my life. I think this podcast will be a mix of elaborating on the lessons and things that I talk about in short-form content, a lot of my experience of being a father, being a partner, uh, husband, and you know, being a, a man in 2023 in America. Um, so I'll start off with uh, just a couple life events. So this past week, I got my certification for becoming a fair play facilitator, and um, it was really fun. Uh, video series session over three days, four hours each, 12 hours total. Um, and there were about 25 other women. Uh, I was the only guy there. And uh, there's about 96 total fair play facilitators um, that exist out there. Uh, most of them are therapists, um, uh, coaches, uh, uh marriage counselors, doulas, uh, you name it. Um, it, a lot of people that are covered by insurance, uh, myself as a coach, I'm not, um, I would call myself an accountability coach for the most part. Um, so I'm excited that I now have that sort of under my belt. Um, I know fair play trusts me to share a lot. Uh, they repost my things on Instagram and I have a pretty good relationship with their social media team there. Um, so I'm looking forward to improving on some of the, the things that I deliver to my audience, um, as well as in, improve on some of the services that I can offer. So that was one pretty big thing this happened this week. Uh, arguably even bigger, though, um, right now I'm actually, it's just me and Everly in the house. Um, my wife, Alyssa, is currently in Colorado um, on a four-day trip. Uh, retreat. Um, she is participating in the Desire on Fire um, weekend retreat. Um, Desire on Fire has a podcast. Their company, my friend Amy, and I just met Ellie recently. Um, they work with women and there are sex and intimacy coaches. So uh, if you, you can probably assume and you would assume correctly that our sex and intimacy has greatly improved uh, in the past, let's see, four or five months um, since she enrolled in that program. Um, so this is the longest period she's been away from our daughter, Everly. It's been, uh, I think the record previously was 36 hours, but honestly, it was, it was another Desire and Fire thing uh, that she went to as a weekend course, but she was having too much anxiety. She just couldn't bring herself to get on an airplane uh, back in October. It was, it was Halloween weekend, 2022. Um, so she, she, we got her a hotel room um, in, the, in the same town so that you know, she was an arm's length away. Um, but you know, this time she fully committed. So she is 
2,000 hours and like a five or six hour plane ride away um, at any given time and at least an hour ride from Logan Airport. So a minimum of six hours away at any given point in time. Um, I'm really proud of her for doing that. I'm really proud of us for um, her learning to trust me because um, I think on some level there's there's a lot that I can do to be trustworthy. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, she has to take a leap of faith, um, which kind of brings me to one of the the big items that I actually gathered from the fair play training um, called maternal gatekeeping. So it, it might be very self-explanatory for most people that hear that phrase, but my understanding of maternal gatekeeping is, oh, my name's late. I go to bed, but I promised Frank that I would at least record it, even if I was unable to sign up for the podcast.co software tonight. Um, but yeah, maternal gatekeeping uh, is sort of the idea that it's that gender norm of a lot of things fall on and are, are in the responsibility realm of mothers. Um, and I think sometimes because of that, they end up holding on to things a bit longer than one, what's necessary, but two, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, they lose a lot of power in our society. And so that's sort of one way that they can kind of gain power back. Um, I want to be sort of careful with my words here. I, I don't have a full understanding of it, but I think my experience of it has been, there are a lot of times as, you know, Everly's been growing up she's a year and a half now um it's been really interesting moments where Alyssa has had to take a really clear and uh, like intentional step back to allow me to be a parent too so often I think she really wants to be there and sort of take things away from me one because I think she wants to have full control over it but two I think it's, it's partly instinctual, but I think also like societal as a norm is like that she has permission to, to take away anything she wants around parenting. And I think it, it makes a lot of sense when, you know, the, it's totally up to the mom if she wants to breastfeed. Uh, I think there's a lot of those choices early on. Um, that really do make sense to have like a hundred percent of that be um, mom's choice and like her decision really to make. Um, and it's it's an interesting transitional period where there start to be like I think it would be extremely inappropriate for a father necessarily to say like you we're we're breastfeeding our kid like you don't like that. Like, they can have a conversation about it, but, like, there's only so much that that he can impose his his will or, or his opinion on that. So, um, yeah, I think this trip is... I think it's, like, an opportunity to acknowledge how far we've come in terms of her letting go of a lot of maternal gatekeeping that we've experienced along the way. Um, and just a, a huge step in the right direction for our family as 
I think there's a ton of mom guilt as well that probably occurs when you step away for a couple of days. And I think it's, let's see, there was a short FaceTime we got to have with her and Everly. So she has not, she's not been able to FaceTime in the last 24 hours. It's been, it'll be a good 36, probably at a minimum, uh, might be a little less than 36, um, that she'll have in between FaceTimes. I haven't talked to her all at all today. So really proud of her. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that she's getting a ton out of the weekend. I know that she, when I talked to her briefly yesterday, that she was getting a ton out of it. And like, there was just way too much to even process to never mind try to communicate. So, uh, I love that woman. Um, and I'll, I'll transition into one of the next items that I wanted to bring up that has been a reoccurring theme that I've been wanting, I've been finding myself talking about in some of the short form content is, is creating safe spaces for men. And I want to first acknowledge, you know, my wife, Alyssa, I think she's done a really, really wonderful job of being that person for me to be able to vent, to be able to be a human and a dad. Look, a person that makes mistakes, a person that deserves to be listened to. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of men out there that don't have the opportunity to have someone listening to them fully. Like they're a human being too. And and they have feelings just like the rest of us. I think in this society, there's just, there's a ton of, well, uh, there's, there's a lack of space for men to be human. And, um, you know, Justin Baldoni's book, you know, Boy, Boys Will Be Human is such a great example of like how that, that really is how we should be considering um, men is that they're human too. Uh, you know, the boys will be boys is, is I think, a, a, a rough phrase. Because if we think about it, what we take that to mean is boys will be boys and, and boys are like prepubescent men. And in that phrasing, I think there's this assumption that you know, they're supposed to be tough. They're not supposed to talk about feelings. They suck it up. They're stoic. And when we are not given the space in, in many rooms, in many communities to be human. And so I'm really grateful that Alyssa has given me that and has created that opportunity for me to be human in her presence and in her listening. Um, and, you know, I, I talked with a colleague recently and, you know, he's going through some, some stuff at home. Um, but, you know, it's not necessarily on him. It's, it's, it's outside of him, sort of. And, you know, I asked him, yeah, so I'll... I'll uh, preface this last year I got in trouble technically I, I made a TikTok video uh, calling out this guy he was like pretty upset and annoyed that he felt like over the month of men's mental health awareness which I believe is like April or June maybe it's June and he was just so like upset with the fact that he he's like no one's talking about this and I called him out. I was like, look, if you look at your account, you, you put one 
graphic video, like like a, a single picture with some music over it, um, saying like Happy Mental Health Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, and then you just complained about it at the end of the month instead of like taking the month to make content about that. And so I got slapped with like a community violation, like warning on like bullying or something. Uh, but I was pretty disappointed that that's how that went because I think there was a really good conversation to have from that. But from from where I've, I've had that is he did have some of a point that it's definitely not talked about. I think his annoyance is over the top, but I I decided from there to really commit to creating safe spaces for men to talk. Uh, I think, you know, mo- most of my guy friends, it's pretty rare that we kind of open up to each other, but we have our moments. And I know it's really wonderful when I can get to that soft, gooey part of the, the male lava cake, if you will, um, that rarely gets shown or talked about. So, you know, my friend Kevin, I, I just asked him, how are you doing? Because I, I know that your family's going through stuff. You're, they're going through things and you're kind of there to be their support system, their rock. Um, but how are you doing? Like, what's, what are you dealing with? And um, I think he was taken aback. Like, you know, just hearing the tone in his voice as I asked, I was like, wow, man, like, no one's asked me that. Like, thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, similarly, I had this really wonderful um, back and forth with with a neighbor uh, about a month, uh, two months ago. I was, we were working on moving out of the the apartment that we're in. So we're living on the first floor of our three family house. And we just recently moved into a new house um, and we're renting out that bottom unit. And we bought a pod that sat in the driveway. And so I was filling the pod. I just put Everly down. Alyssa was over at the house that I'm sitting in right now, um, working on some painting and stuff. And uh, all of a sudden, I just heard some like pretty loud music. I was like, hmm, that's, that's annoying. And then furthermore thinking, wow, it might actually be loud enough to be waking Everly. And I don't know if I have the patience or like the wherewithal to deal with a baby that's not sleeping because there's music. So I think I'm actually going to go outside of my comfort zone and, and out, just see, see if there's an easy fix for this. Like I might ask him to turn it down. So I walk over, uh, I've, you know, I've seen this guy's face many times in the past year or two years, maybe three years, I don't know. He, he doesn't live there, but it's, um, you know, he's related to the people that live there. And uh, I think he, he spends chunks of time there. So I go over to him and, and I find that he he's sitting in his car and the door is wide open. And he, he's blaring at the moment that I walked up. It was Jimi Hendrix. Uh, where over the bridge or something, I forget what it's called, but <laughs> it was just really strange to walk up to this guy. I mean, it was pretty cold out. Like I was, I had like, it was probably 30, 40 degrees out in New England here. 
and uh, he's just got the door wide open, music's blaring, he's laying down, he's got his eyes closed. And, uh, you know, I come up to him. I don't want to, like, tap on the window. I don't want to spook him or anything. I know I would get freaked out if I were in that space. I, I'm wondering, I don't maybe maybe he's a little high, maybe, maybe he drank a little, who knows. Um, but I just kind of stand there and just wait till like he snaps to or something and then he realizes I'm there, jumps out of his car and like at, is, comes like to ask me like, what's up? Like, why are you standing there? It sounds like you're gonna address me with something. And I said to him, hey, any chance you could turn the music down, you know, or, or toddler sleeping in the other room. Uh, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry, my bad, my bad. Um, and, and then I walk away and, um, oh, oh and, and he'd said, yeah, just like real tough day. And I said, oh, hey, sorry about that, man. And, um, and I walked away. As I was walking away, he just really felt defeated to me. I'd probably walked maybe 30, 40 feet, turned a corner. I decided to stay outside of my comfort zone. I went back to him and uh, I asked him, hey, um, you know, do you want to talk about it? Now, again, keep in mind, this guy, you know, I've seen his face a good amount, but never had a full conversation with him before. Uh, we, we actually, like, we found out, I honestly don't remember his name now, but uh, we, we, like, introduced ourselves in that moment. Um, and he's like, what? I was like, yeah, are you okay? Like, you know, he said it was a tough day and it sounds like you're trying to let off some steam. Like, I can just listen. Like, I'm here for you. And he's like, do you mean it? Like, like you serious? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, dude, no one's ever asked me that. Like, people don't say those things. Like, no, no one says that. And he was just so struck with like this stranger, this neighborly stranger is asking me about my day because I've shared that it was rough. Um, he, I think the deepest, he didn't really go deep at all. He's like, you know, I just, you know, customer service all day. Like you, people just kind of don't treat you like a human all day and it sucks. I was like, yeah, man, I, I get I can't say that I have the same experience, but I get hung up on all day as a cold caller. But hey, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and he he just like he kept like shaking his head, like almost like looking around, like is this, this guy just asked me if I'm okay? Like, and and I I I remember tearing up. I'm you know it's even hitting me a little bit right now. Um, how powerful of a moment it felt like that was um, and how much, you know, I don't think you know how much of a difference it makes until you really reach a hand out, like a helping hand. Um, I, honestly, since that moment, I've been like hooked on almost the high that I experienced from giving that to other guys. Um, I think this is only the second time that's happened in recent time, but I feel like I'm on the lookout for it. So that was just to share, you know, I, I think a lot of guys don't know that, that that's an option out there, that, that we can provide safe spaces for each other to talk. And 
I think a lot of a lot of us are in suffering Olympics and we want to say how much worse we have it than other people and that doesn't really leave a whole lot of space for for being heard and feeling heard um, so I you know I told Kevin I told him um, you know pay it pay it forward um, I know it's as you've stated this is um, you don't get this too often I'm happy to continue being it for you but you know try to give your other guys the the space that they need and ask them how they're doing um and you know ladies out there uh, i anticipate many of the people listening to this podcast are are probably uh women really i i encourage you to try to if you're not if if i were to ask you right now does your does the do the men in your life feel like you're a safe space for them to talk about their feelings and like the shit that they're dealing with and their anxiety and their mental health? If it's not, uh, yeah, definitely. I really encourage you to possibly step up your game and look to see where some of those like societal norms of holding men to being strong, stoic not emotional people and look for where you can disintegrate some of that societal norm out of how you how you speak and be with men um, I think it's it's an invaluable thing that happens one conversation at a time and it's going to take a long time for us to transform that but something that I think I'm committed to because I know that Alyssa has really given me that opportunity and I really hope it it exists for a lot more men out there. Um, so those are those are some of the things I wanted to chat about today. Um, I'm thinking at some points I might have specific videos where I am inviting people to have topics that they'd like me to talk a bit more at length. Um, this is I enjoyed this. I've, let me know what you think. I'm hoping that by the time you're hearing this, it's on like legit Apple website or Spotify. Um, and at that point, if you would leave a review, uh, my understanding is that the way that algorithm works is if you leave a review, um, that it, it can be sent to more people similar to the algorithms in Instagram and TikTok. Um, it's my first one. Uh, I can guarantee you they will come in more frequently if I'm getting positive feedback early on. Um, so if you found this valuable, let me know, DM me. Uh, I'm still catching up on DMs. I'm getting there, but I hope you enjoyed it and uh, look forward to delivering a little bit more. So long.